Welcome to Filling the Gap, a podcast that tells the stories of the issues we face in the world, within ourselves, and inside of our church. I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist faith, and hope is central to Adventism, because it is in the hope of Jesus' return that this faith is built on. But hope is difficult for me, because it demands an investment of feelings and trust. I try to do all that I can to prevent disappointments and try to be emotionally prepared for any circumstance, even though that sounds ridiculous as I say it. Despite the hope-filled faith that I'm a part of, hope has been missing from my life because I fear it. And then I talked to someone who was also trying to come to terms with what hope means and what it does for our lives. Meet Kayla Reed. Hello. Hi. She is a fashionista, a marriage and family therapist, a supporting wife, a devoted mother, a water skier, a snowboarder, a Montana girl. While her life has presented her with a number of challenges, she fights back with wit, charm, and sarcasm. Oh, and another thing. She's blind. I went blind at the age of four from an allergic reaction to amoxicillin. Basically, it caused a severe allergic reaction um, called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is where you literally burn from the inside out. I had burns, like third-degree burns, all over my body, um, including my eyes, my ears, my mouth. So basically, my corneas are super scarred from the, the burns. At the time, this was like super, super duper rare. And so um, basically, they didn't know what to do. And so they sent me to the burn center in Seattle. And I was there for almost two months. I was skin grafted, I think 50% of my body, and um, with pig skin, actually. <laughs> I was very blessed and didn't end up with any scarring that I know of. But I was left blind. My mom doesn't really talk much about the whole ordeal, and I don't remember a lot of it, but I did do a lot of research once I got older on Steven Johnson syndrome and basically they said there's like a 5% chance of survival. So I'm a miracle, (laughs) apparently. Blindness had now become a part of Kayla's identity, but she didn't let it get in the way of what she wanted in life. I started going to the blind school in Missouri and I loved that school because it was literally like a regular public school. Um, And a lot of the kids there weren't multi-handicapped. They were like me, and they were very on top of it and capable. And so I felt like I was at a normal school. I was part of the swim team and the track team and the cheerleading team. And we actually competed, and it it felt like a normal school. Both in middle school and high school, Kayla was faced with teasing and ignorance from other students. One way I thought back about that was I would ask my teachers if they would set aside like one class a day where I could literally answer any questions that the class the students had. And so we would just sit in that and joke and like I would answer questions. And I used to always start off by saying like, when I was a kid, you know, we used to like to climb up on top of the roof and jump on the trampoline, jump off the roof onto the trampoline. And one day I jumped and I missed the trampoline and there happened to be two nails sticking up off the ground. And 
yeah. And I would just leave at that and everybody would be like, oh my God. And I'm like, you seriously believe that? <laughs> yeah, so I'd start and I'd totally get their attention. And then I would just like, you know, open it up for them to ask me like literally anything. And I'd always see people's attitudes change after that. And, I mean, there was still stuff, but uh, so that's kind of how I like fought it through high school. And I made friends with a lot of my teachers and high school was high school. Kayla graduated from high school and went to pursue a major in psychology and a minor in human-animal bonding. She spent summers in Southern California and fell in love with the area, the weather, and a boy named Corey. And later on, she got her master's in marriage and family therapy. She married Corey, and they had a son, Grady. And that's been a whole other thing, blind parenting um, and people's judgments and and opinions about whether I should have a kid or not. And I remember like actually when I was pregnant, I was embarrassed almost to be out in public because I could I could feel everybody's like judgment. Like, how is she gonna do it? Like, I can't believe she's pregnant. That's just so messed up. You know, like I could just feel people. And it was like a lot of, especially in the early years or so, it was like a lot of um, just battling people's opinions and knowing what, what I felt was right and what I believed uh, as opposed to like what people, what the society as a whole kind of, and I'm, gen- I'm overgeneralizing, of course, like just in general, like dealing with people's opinions and fears and worries. And that was a battle in of itself. Kayla has made blindness work for her. She's adapted to it. She's learned how to work, parent, and live as a blind person. But one day... She was given an opportunity to change all of this. Well, when I was a kid, I was told like, oh, you might get your vision back in your right eye by the time you're 21. We might be able to do something. And then I was told, oh, we couldn't do a cornea transplant because, you know, Steven Johnson syndrome will mess it up. It'll grow blood vessels and that won't work. And honestly, I always said when I was a kid, like, oh, I don't want my sight back because it wasn't necessarily I didn't want it. It was that I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. I was just one day I was with my doctor and I was like, you know what? I want a referral to an ophthalmologist just to see what's up. She scheduled an appointment with the doctor, not knowing what opportunities for change it may bring. I thought it was just a regular ophthalmologist. I didn't know. He just happened to say that he had worked with some Stephen Johnson syndrome patients back in Boston. And he basically shines a light in my eye and leans back in his chair and he says, so when do you want to do the surgery? And I was like, what? And I was like, I was always told I couldn't. And he's like, well, I think you have a chance of doing a cornea transplant. He's like, well, what what would stop you? And I said, fear, I guess. Like, that's the only thing. Because I've always been told if I did surgery, I'd lose my light perception. If I, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Because I have light perception and I use it for everything. Just something as simple as being able to see where a wall is versus like open air is like a big deal. So I was like, well, I'm not a coward, okay? I kind of wish I was because I will never show fear. And I was like, okay, well, let's schedule it. Inside, I'm like freaking out. He's hoping for remedial vision, which means, as far as I understand, that I may not need a dog or a cane and I can walk. He said, oh, well, you'd be able to walk around. And my smart mouth wants to say, well, I walk around already, but... (laughs) Uh, I think he means I'll be able to see, yeah. (laughs) Change at any level has some fear attached to it. But for Kayla, 
her fears around it are so much more than herself. I think my biggest overall fear, if I was to really be straight up honest, is that it won't work. And it's not because I'm afraid of continuing to be blind. That's not why I'm afraid of it not working. I'm afraid of having to carry the emotional burden of all of the people who have gotten their hopes up. I have to go right back to that world where I'm like, it's no big deal. Everything's great. And I know that God will use me no matter what. My blindness has never really had anything to do with God or my faith. Like I always like kept it separate. And I always said like, oh, I went blind for a reason. And I don't know if I said that to make myself feel better and everybody else to feel better. If I really believed it, I don't know. I probably should have brought God into my blindness more than I have. Um, but I think for my emotional protection, I didn't let him get really near that too much. Like, yeah, I talked about God, like, if he chooses to give me my sight back or not. I've always felt like it was his plan. Like, he could wave his little God wand and <laughs> make me see, like, an in heartbeat this whole time. And he hasn't. I know he's had a plan my whole life, and I don't want to mess with it. Um, but I really want my sight back. That would be really cool. However extraordinary the circumstances are for Kayla, there's this universally felt sentiment about the idea of hope, faith, and of God. I feel for Kayla here. I wouldn't want to get my hopes up either. Honestly, it doesn't feel real right now. Like it's a week away, it's a week from today. I'm having a hard time processing it. Like I'm trying to sit here and think like, oh, I could have my sight back in a week. And it just doesn't feel real. Cause it's been, 25 years I've been blind, like, how do you prepare for something like that? You really can't. I hope I don't all of a sudden get my sight back while I'm on the surgery table, like, because <laughs> I really don't want to see needles and, you know, all that kind of stuff first thing, like, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> and then I wait, and wait. Three months have passed, and it's time to check up on Kayla. So after the surgery, I remember I was pretty, like, wiped out after the surgery, but the next day my mom surprised me and um, flew my sister in. They're all standing around waiting for me to take the patch off because the doctor said I could do it at home. And so I took it off, and they're all kind of standing there waiting for me to be like, oh, my God, I can see. And, like, nothing happened. I couldn't necessarily see, like, how many fingers they're held up. I could see the individual fingers moving, so I could kind of guess. And um, color seemed a little brighter. But, I mean, it wasn't, like, significant difference because I had, I already had that kind of vision, kind of. I could tell that they were all very bummed, and I was just like, whatever. <laughs> The biggest struggle for me was dealing with everybody else's hopes and expectations. Like when I asked my mom what she wants for Christmas, she said, I want you to get your vision back. That kind of stuff, I get it, but it puts so much pressure on me to like almost get my vision back for everybody else. Not that I wouldn't take it if someone said I can wave my magic on and you could see, but like it puts this emotional pressure on me because for a long time I was going through the slow 
and just doing whatever the doctor said I should do because I didn't want to let him down. I didn't want to let my mom down. I didn't want to let anybody down, especially all the people that were willing to donate on GoFundMe. And I just had a lot of pressure. And then I had to realize that really, really my life is my own. And um, I have to figure out what's, what's right for me. Kayla has had an additional four surgeries since her first one. With each doctor visit, it seems as though the surgeries are never ending. At the end, he was kind of having this aggressive approach like, you know, surgery, surgery, surgery. And his solution was surgery for like every single thing that went wrong. And I had to start to really think about like, what did I want from this cornea transplant? Or what did what was I even willing to commit to even try to get a remnant of vision? And for me, it wasn't worth it to go through surgery after surgery. It was clear that it wasn't really working. And we couldn't keep up with um, all the medical issues. And so I told him that although I want to keep working on, you know, doing my best to like make sure we can try to savage something, I wasn't willing to go through the surgery protocol that he wanted. Um, It just wasn't worth it to me. I could tell he thought I was a little crazy, but (laughs) it's hard to explain to someone that's sighted because that's all you know. And you can't really imagine like, oh my gosh, I would, I'd just go crazy if I went blind and I just don't know what I'd do with myself. But for me, my blindness has forced me to reach beyond anything I ever thought I was capable of. And I like that feeling. I like knowing that I'm challenging what people really think people are capable of and and what our potential really is. Throughout this story, the question of identity appears to come up over and over for Kayla. But her hope for her life isn't necessarily in changing who she is. I worked really hard for the life that I'm leading right now. And I'm proud of the work and the investment that I put into it. And although my blindness doesn't define me, Really, I have been able to define it and I've been able to like make paths for myself that, you know, even as a child, I would have said no way. So for me, that means more to me than getting my sight back and being able to be like, oh, cool, I'm one of those miracle stories. It wasn't something that I was like dependent on or or really needed to bring more meaning to my life. I just feel like my life is almost more meaningful because Throughout the process of having to decide, okay, what am I willing to invest into getting my vision back? I really had to realize like what really mattered to me and my vision wasn't exactly what I, what matters. Before the surgery, Kayla had some hope. And when the surgery didn't turn out the way she thought it would, her hope didn't disappear. I think that's because Kayla has learned to place her hope in something greater and bigger than herself. I just prayed about it and hoped and, but I was, I I prayed also that God would be, would help me be okay with whatever the solution was going to be or whatever the answer was or the result was. And, um, and, and that I would be okay with it. And honestly, like I probably, I had a couple disappointing moments. Like when I took the patch off, you know, I was hoping it would be different, but I wasn't like devastated. I was just kind of like, Oh, that's a bummer. Or when he held the cataract lens up to my eye and was like, here, can you see? And he was so sure it would help. And I was actually sure it would help. And it didn't. And um, that doesn't mean that something might not work later. And there's other things I can do and try, and I will proceed with those. But 
it, it is disappointing. I'm not, I sound like I'm so blase about it, <laughs> but I'm not, I mean, it was easy for me not to be devastated about it because I, my, my hope for myself and my future is not wrapped up in me becoming a sighted Kayla. I have become who I am regardless of whether I can see or not. So I still am the same person who cares about the same things and loves my son and enjoys doing stuff with my son, whether I'm able to see or not. And getting my vision back is really, really what it comes down to. Getting my vision back is just a matter of, okay, will my life be a little easier now or not? It's not like, will I be happy or will I be a better person or will I get a better sense of life or any of that really it just simply comes down to will this increase my independence and will this just make the daily tasks in life like easier i think that's why i didn't get devastated about it because it it was just like well i guess i'm just going to continue doing it the hard way I have been scared to hope because I would have to face disappointments. It's silly to say it, but it's nevertheless true for me. Listening to Kayla reminds me of my own church history. The Adventist church was founded out of disappointment. When people thought that Jesus was returning in 1844. And the ironic thing is that their disappointment started a movement of hope. What I take from all of this is that disappointments are inevitable, but they aren't the end of the story. I've spent a long time with this gap in my life, thinking I was protecting myself. But I've learned now that hope is worth the risk. 